Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Oh, I was coming in hot there. The mic is loud. It's sounding good. I'm going to decide to stand up, Brandon. I'm kind of in like you today. I'm going to stand up for this first segment and see how it goes. Fantasy Frenzy, as always, brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. And the fine folks at the West Edmonton Mall location dropped off a little package for us this morning. Brandon, it's already been picked through by other radio stations here in our building. They got they received the goods and probably thought, you know what, they won't notice if a little is missing. We noticed. We definitely noticed, but uh, that is okay. We're happy to share it with the people here at Stingray, and uh, Carius grabbed a piece on his way out. He loved it. Uh, you and I have made a few trips there. Once our show wraps up to grab some, we love it. So a big thank you to Trent and the fine folks at Wheelhawk Beef Jerky. I think Trent's just in a good mood because his Dallas Cowboys continue to look good, and that fantasy perspective defensively, they're fantastic. C.D. Lamb, we got to get him into the end zone, but he looks good. Tony Pollard, a lot of a lot of good right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Today on this show, we are going to be joined by our friend Jeffrey Ulrich. You can give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. He's with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life as well as DraftKings. So we'll talk to Jeffrey later on in the program. We're going to talk a little bit about the NHL, and we'll keep that going for a couple days here because camps are open. Gregor's been down there reporting updates on what's going on with the Oilers. Uh, Matias Ekholm hip issue, won't be participating much in camp. So, you know, that that's an opportunity for some of the younger guys to get some chances. So if you're looking at Matias Ekholm, well, we'll have to see what happens as a fantasy perspective uh, for him. one 401 is the text line. If you want to get in on the conversation, of course, we have a hockey guest today. We'll have a hockey guest tomorrow, but that doesn't mean we're not going to talk a little fantasy football, Brandon. And uh, I heard you talking to Carius on my way in. You, you threw some money down, you were trying to make some moves, and it worked out for you, right? Yeah, when I placed these bids, um, I didn't necessarily anticipate that I would be getting all three of them. Did I uh, place some pretty sizable dollar figures on them? Yeah, but uh, I actually thought there would be people coming in a little hotter, especially <laughs> on the cream hunt train. Uh, I only outbid one other person on that one, and it was by uh, about only a ten, $10 out of our $200 uh, annual budget. So, yeah, both uh, both him and Jerome Ford, now a, a member of uh, Brandon's boss team, and um, Tank Dell as well, uh, 125 total bucks, so well over 50% of my, uh, my total fab budget out the door in one day. But, uh, I mean, like I said to Kevin, you got to spend money to make money, keep the team moving forward, not uh, upset about the players I dropped to make the ads. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to look back. No, no regrets. You know what? Hey, you, you got to go that way. You were like uh, Dwight Schrute at the silent auction where he was just trying to predict the actual amount and won everything. That was you. You went out there, you spent money, you made it happen. And uh, you know what? I kind of like, like the strategy there because you, you and Kevin were talking about it. You know, if you have this money to spend... Why not do it early? Solidify that team. I mean, down down the stretch, what's going to be available? Probably not not as guy as good as Cream Hunt. Uh, we don't know how Ford will do as the number one back. Like we said, we thought that. Well, I thought that he was obviously kept around for a reason. The Browns like him. They had him as their number two running back. Kareem Hunt they let walk for a reason. But now that he's back in the building, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, Saquon Barkley update for him coming later today. I know Adam Schefter had said three weeks, uh, but expect the New York Giants to give us a little bit of an update on that one. I mean, I, it, 
Obviously never a good sign when, when Saquon Barkley goes down. Although he was not paid long-term what I think he deserves or what is equal to his value in that offense, I mean, they, they did give him some money and they probably want to keep him around as long as they can. I think he is the key cog in that offense. I'm not, not giving you breaking news here, but when they're ahead, I think that offense is going to look a lot better. Uh, counting on Daniel Jones to come back from 20-plus points every week, probably not a great strategy. But when you have Saquon Barkley, if you can get a lead, you can you know run the clock down, get that option game going with Heat and Daniel Jones. I think that's when he's at his best. So hopefully Saquon Barkley gets back sooner than later. Uh, Matt Breda, that, I don't know if you want to go that route in fantasy, Brandon. I'm probably going to stay away from it. We had our waiver claim today. Perks of an eight-team league, DeAndre Swift. Added him to the roster today, so made that big move. I, I was last on the the standings right now, so first on waiver wire. No money spent in our league, but I uh, had to make the call go for DeAndre Swift. I think that's a great pickup. <laughs> I uh, I've, I uh, I drafted DeAndre Swift as a rookie um, in my in our dynasty league, and then for the next several years after that, I uh, I've picked him probably too early a couple times in in my super flex league as well. So I'm high on him, and, and now with Gainwell. Um, you know, sidelined for at least a little bit. Uh, we saw what he can do last week. He's He can be the man. He didn't really get the opportunity to go full solo mode in Detroit. I think uh, Philly would be wise to kind of take the reins off him here and fully see what he can do. And then once Gainwell back, he can go back to a nice tandem uh, tandem action and, and save both guys so they're healthy down the stretch. Yeah, 100%. Uh, one guy, One guy looked really good. When he got his opportunity, uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But I, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with that one. My running back depth is okay, but Austin Eckler's injury hurt me. So sorry, Josh Kelly, you're out. I'm going to put DeAndre Swift in, and now Josh Kelly will probably score three touchdowns. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty is the text line. Uh, Jetty says, "Hey guys, there is a guy in my league trading away Jordan Addison and asking for Derrick Henry. Is this a fair trade, or should I put the veto for it?" It's always interesting when the commissioner comes in with a veto hammer and says, no, not going to let that happen. I mean, Derrick Henry, if this was a couple of years ago, well, Jordan Addison wouldn't be in the league, but I would say probably not fair, but, you know, Spears was taking some key reps from him with Tennessee over the weekend in their game against the Chargers. Spears averaging seven yards a carry, Derrick Henry 3.6. So I I don't know. I don't know if Derrick Henry is the fantasy football player that he was a couple years ago. And Jordan Addison has two touchdowns in two games. He's a great second option behind Justin Jefferson, who's going to see double team throughout the entirety of the season. Could be triple teams. He's so good. So I, I don't necessarily know if I would do that. If Is it a dynasty league or you know keeper? Because if it's a keeper, I think Addison's got a long-term future there. Yeah, it's like at face value and just a straight-up league, it, it seems like... Enough to be vetoed, I would say no, but I do still think that Derrick Henry's overall value is probably higher than Addison's. But yeah, if, if this is a, a keeper or especially a dynasty league, then then I think the person trading um, trading for Jordan Addison is getting the higher end of this thing because he's mm-hmm. got a bright future. Um, like you said, playing second fiddle to Justin Jefferson, a lot of good looks for him. is not worth a veto, I would say, but um, a, an interesting choice by whoever is uh, making the trade on both sides, both sides of it. Yeah, I mean, I, it is interesting. I like Jordan Addison. I mean, we still, we'll say it. He's, he's the second receiver in Minnesota, but that offense likes to move the ball downfield. You know, Kirk Cousins, great fantasy quarterback, as we've discussed a few times. The the touchdowns he has scored, big play. Like, you have to keep a safety over the top to watch him because he can 
he can make a corner look bad. And if you get that mismatch, I'll tell you, you know, this weekend against the Chargers, he's probably going to get a matchup with Khalil Mack one-on-one. That's just because the Chargers are stupid and, and think that's a way to slow it down. That, I don't know if you saw that, but Khalil Mack was on Tyreek Hill for a play in man coverage in week one. Like, just foolish. So anyways, let me just bash my team for a little bit and tell you, I think I think that's an okay trade. I wouldn't be vetoing it if the owners both agree that it's a, a good one there. Uh, this comes in from Mark. Hey, boys, love the show. I have an open roster spot, and I'm not sure who to add. It's a 12-team league, so not many great options. My only quarterback is Dak Prescott. My tight end is Dalton Schultz, and I feel like there are a lot of good options out there. Purdy, Love, Josh Reynolds, 2-2. Open roster spot. You know, you, you are going to need a backup quarterback for Dak's bye week, but I don't know if you have to address it right now, especially if you say, like, Purdy and Love are out there. Maybe, I mean, I I don't know how in-depth your league is. Maybe there's people out there that are like seeing that you only have one quarterback and the week before might go grab a quarterback. So maybe you want to grab someone just as an insurance policy. And I think Jordan Love is going to be a very good fantasy quarterback uh, playing in that offense. He's got some nice weapons. And I think he's shown that, you know, maybe the weight was worth it for Packers fans. Brock Purdy, same sort of thing. I think he's a safe bet to go two touchdowns, minimal interceptions throughout the season. Got some playmakers there. Yeah, I I think getting closer to Dak's bye week, and I don't know the Cowboys bye week on the top of my head, but maybe when you get a little bit closer, you start to look at a backup quarterback. Josh Reynolds was a guy that I think Declan and Gavin Turnick on our show yesterday were both very high on with the Detroit Lions, right? Question with that one is though, when Jameson Williams returns from suspension, does that take away from him so i don't know brandon i mean if it's me i think josh reynolds is a great addition uh, for a little while here i'm not quite as high on tutu atwell but reynolds would be good i think for a couple weeks yeah and i think like i said i don't either i also don't know when dallas's uh, bye week is off the top of my head but if you're looking down the line and you pick up josh reynolds now save him uh, for the next or use him for the next few weeks when he is kind of getting some more reps and more action all of a sudden Jamison Williams uh returns to the lineup for Detroit and uh then maybe you drop Reynolds and, and then that's when you pick up your backup quarterback if there's still some decent options at that time there, there's ways around it here um but I, I agree with you Connor I don't think you necessarily need to go for your quarterback yet uh, unless you have some really petty league members <laughs> that might try and uh, sewer you by by grabbing all the quarterbacks, um, knowing that you only have one. But that often only hurts yourself, too, if you're the one doing that, because then you're using a roster spot on a quarterback you don't need. Like if you're carrying three quarterbacks in a one yeah. QB league, that's kind of unnecessary, right? So, Do you ever I, do that, though? No, I'm I'm kind of anti quarterback. We've talked about this in, in our super flex league. I draft them very late and it has had pretty mixed results uh, yeah. last season very bad results and uh mixed one so far that cj stroud looks good but kenny pickett looks terrible so yeah i i don't know carrying an extra quarterback in a in a standard league um all the time unless you're able to get a really good one in the draft like at the end of it or something otherwise i yeah just drop them and pick them up as you as you need like like much like defenses i think uh, unless you have a really good one to hold all year just add them and drop them at your at will Sometimes I am petty and like if there's a good running back on the waiver wire and I don't need him, but I don't want anyone else to have him. I'll just grab him. Like, especially if you've got that, you know, I, you can slide a player to the IR. Like what I did with Cooper Cup, he's on the IR. Okay. I don't need a running back, but 
maybe I want one. Maybe I don't want the the opposition to have him. So, yeah, you know, I, I've been known to do that in the past. Uh, this one comes from Chomskers regarding the veto. If you're using a veto in weeks two to three, I'm leaving your league. Vetoes don't protect stupid. Just losing teams from tanking and loading up their buddies. You know what? We've all seen that, right? You know, one buddy might offer the buddy 10 bucks on the side for their star player. It's it's a little risky to use that veto, and honestly, I don't I don't think Addison for Henry at this point in their careers is that bad of a trade. Uh, KM says, "Well, boys, need a tough couple of weeks. First, I passed on Puka, and this week I got Ford. But did I make mis- a mistake not going with Hunt? I'll share my personal opinion. I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to be counted on in Cleveland, especially this week, because I mean he's not in football shape. He, he you you can do all you want, but you can't." replicate taking hits and taking those bumps and playing in an actual football game so for me i think it would be extremely irresponsible for the browns to be like hey kareem glad to have you here's 20 carries like i could see him getting spot duty maybe maybe a couple plays short yardage maybe like you in pass pro things like that but i think ford is the way to go with that one tell me i'm wrong no, I, I picked up both as a kind of security blanket measure because of the fact I had Nick Chubb. If you're not in that situation where you can kind of pick or choose a little bit, I don't think there's anything wrong with opting for Ford and spending more money on him in a waiver wire pickup. Um, I don't think a mistake was made here at all by KM. Like Exactly for what you said, Connor. Hunt's not going to be um, a prominent feature in this offense for probably at least a week two, maybe even more yeah. and even if he when he gets up to speed will it be as a as a spe- like a change of pace back um pass catcher wh- whatever who knows um because that's exactly what he did behind nick chubb there, there's a reason yeah. like there there are reasons teams he was still a free agent like nobody signed him hmm. is he good yes is he maybe at the point where he can be a lead back and, and like change a team's fortunes i don't think so I think he'll come in and provide some support and familiarity will be beneficial to him and the team. But I, I think Ford's the play here. hundred percent. Yeah, I think so too. And especially for the immediate future, uh, lots of texts coming in here. We've got one regarding Cooper cup, no name on it. I see Spruce Grove, Steve spaghetti, Slurpee, Sean Pillman. Uh, we'll get to those probably in the third segment, because when we come back, we're going to get to our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian brew house. It's Jeffrey Ulrich of Matthew Barry's fantasy life. We'll talk a little big picture things when it comes to NHL fantasy. You can send your text into one 401 I'm Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with me as well. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. 11:21 here in the city. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you for Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Uh, we're going to get to our fantasy wizard in a couple minutes here. Big thank you once again to the fine folks at Wilhawk Beef Jerky for the nice little drop-off this morning. That was nice to come into. So once the show wraps up, Brandon and I will dig into a little beef jerky, if there's any left, because uh, we put it out in the fridge, and I've seen a few people walk over there. Check out wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Lots of texts coming in here. I love it. Lots of fantasy football questions. We'll get into all those. I see Lance, Trucker Joe. We'll get to those in our third and final segment. Uh, you can always reach us, one 401 1440 right now though we're gonna get to our fantasy wizard brought to you by the canadian bros you can join us at the cbh for monday thursday and sunday night football for your chance to win some awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip or two to the super bowl in las vegas that would be a heck of a trip i think brandon and i actually might be down there maybe at the ice house for the nfc and the nfc championship game 
helping them announce the winner. So it's going to be a good time. Always great food, drinks, atmosphere down at the CBH, tons of TVs. And uh, you can join Brandon in Fort Saskatchewan on Thursday. That's tomorrow. Jeez, this week's flying by. Okay, let's get to our fantasy wizard. Like I said, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. He's joined us before, friend of the show. Jeffrey Ulrich of Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life, also DraftKings. You can give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. Uh, Jeffrey, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks a lot for having me back. Hey, glad you could do it for us. We appreciate you coming on here and uh, training camps getting going. I know Jason Greger's been down at the Oilers camp. Uh, for you, you do a lot of work with daily fantasy sports and one of them being hockey. Uh, what, what's the training regimen like for you right now as you get ready for the season to get going? I mean, I think with hockey, it's you know, it's it's more just letting things play out and seeing how where everything settles. I mean, uh, there's obviously a lot of change in the off season. I mean, uh, it feels like even more so than usual this year. So, um, you know, a lot of play, it's easy to get high on a player in preseason, but in, until you really see how things shake out and like where they're going to play, um, you know, like a, a new addition, like everyone's kind of excited about Jacob Varan on, on the Blues. I kind of just want to see where he's going to fit in with that line first before you take too big of a, a, a gamble on him necessarily to start the year. So you know, just t- taking a, a step back and watching some preseason action, but um, really trying not to get too, uh, make too many decisions until we see uh, how the lines play out and stuff. Now, when you go into a fantasy hockey league, and obviously we know traditionally goals, assists, those are ones that people look at for categories, plus minus, and then it can get a little bit deeper, hits, block shots, uh, et cetera. How deep do you like to go when it comes to the categories in your fantasy hockey leagues? I mean, I I don't mind. Like, deeper the better for me, to be honest, because I feel like you can kind of gain an advantage on people who maybe just aren't going to pay as much attention um, I think there's there's some categories like I'm not a, a huge lover of like you know uh, leagues that necessarily have hits, but um, if they're there again, they can be uh, a pretty cheap source of kind of like points for you if you uh, if you're short a week or if, if you have some injuries to deal with. So um, I, I like looking especially like shots on goal and and, and things like that. Really paying attention to that because. Um, oftentimes they're just players who are just uh, a little bit undervalued. Maybe they don't produce as many assists or points overall, but you know, the shots on goal value obviously gives them a little bit of a boost. So uh, things like that certainly I pay attention to, especially with goalies. I feel like that's the biggest thing, the goalie categories where, um, you know, maybe you can, you know, there's obviously the the upper echelon goalies, but um, with with saves and just the the number of shots, some of the, the goalies will face. Um, you know, you can get goalies on what you call average or even below average teams that can be really, really valuable for fantasy just because of the number of the shots they face every night. Jeffrey Ulrich of Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life and DraftKings joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas with you. So looking at the Oilers specifically, we know that uh, whether it's in, uh, you know, your standard year-long league or daily, if you want a guy like Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisel, you're going to invest highly or early in the draft uh, but when you look at this Oilers team do you think there's anyone who might be flying under the radar or coming off last year where we saw all these guys have career highs do you think you're going to be paying high for all of them I mean like the Oilers will definitely have a premium I think most of them uh, attach to I mean obviously you have two guys going in the top five easily um, but it, it is interesting because like once you get past the top two obviously I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a guessing game, like where you should be going, right? I mean, I think that most people will, uh, you know, be gravitating towards one of the wingers, probably Kane or Zach Hyman. 
Um, but, you know, a, a player like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, for example, um, I, I almost feel like he just gets forgotten about at some point, at some points by, by some people. Um, he's always on the power play. He's always just like, he's never going to drop out of the top six. Like, and if he does, it's, it, it may be like just in a, in a, for, for a few games and he'll still be a part of the power play. Whereas, you know, you have guys like Hyman and Kane, they're kind of very similar players. So for me, like Nugent Hopkins is a player I would definitely be looking towards once you get past the first couple rounds uh, and, and just seeing where, you know, where he ends up because He's just such a consistent player in terms of like how the Oilers deploy him. Um, just a player, again, you're not really going to go wrong with, I think, especially with where he's being drafted. And I think if you're going for pure upside, you know, banking on like a, a bounce back year for Vander Kane isn't a bad idea. He's obviously really risky. And then, you know, the, the kind of real risk reward is obviously going to be Connor Brown. We don't really know the, the, the chemistry or whatever either. But um, if he does end up like playing on the top line for the, the entire year, I mean, that could just be a huge boon as well. So lots of, lots of different ways to go after the big two for the Oilers. Yeah. I know that's one thing you and I have talked about in the past is kind of capitalizing on line mates of superstars. Uh, Connor Brown could be one this year. If he gets in there with dry settle or McDavid, I mean, anyone on the Oilers power play, there's going to be some upside there. Now, just looking around the league, when we talk about guys who can benefit from playing with superstars, is there anyone that stands out to you? You know, someone that might play alongside a, a Nathan McKinnon or uh, along those lines. I mean, I, I think the, uh, Adam Fantilli from, uh, you know, the, the rookie, obviously, from Columbus is going to be someone to keep an eye on. He's, again, it's a bad team. Um, but, you know, Columbus over the years has also just been, you know, in a lot of shootouts, which is absolutely fine. I mean, if they're bad, that's fine. But if they're going to be scoring a lot of goals and, and all their games are going to be 5-4, um, that's interesting, too. And I think if he does win that sort of starting job over Boone Jenner, and I kind of expect him eventually to play on the top line beside Johnny Goudreau, I think Ventilli is someone like I would be okay. I mean, let everyone else go get Connor Bedard. Obviously, you're gonna have to pay a premium there, but you know, getting Ventilli later in drafts, I don't think is like a poor idea. It may not be something that happens right away, but I do kind of expect like eventually um, that move will be made. Um, you know, again, some other sort of cheaper players who you may want to look at. You know, Brandon Hagel uh, probably going to be playing alongside again. Kucherov, uh, Brandon Point in Tampa Bay just comes to mind. Um, uh, maybe a player like Lucas Raymond, again, who's probably just going to play alongside Dylan Larkin and potentially get a bump in, in point production because uh, DeBrincat is there as well. Another kind of name that you know, just going to cost you not, not much in, dra- in terms of draft capital, but really just cheap, consistent pr- producer. But you know, those are names that kind of um, – the, again, give you an idea of like who you should be targeting, you know, further down. You want to make sure they have some kind of really legitimate top six role, and I think those kind of players uh, all will. So, Jeffrey Ulrich uh, from DraftKings and Matt Barry's Fantasy Life joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas on Sports fourteen forty. Jeff. 12 defensemen scored over 60 points in the NHL last year, led by Eric Carlson with 101. Some of these guys are, you know, young and on the rise. Quinn Hughes, Rasmus Dillon, uh, Adam Fox. But there's a couple names in here that are a little bit on the older side um, and setting career highs in the process. Are there any big-name defensemen that you're kind of looking at and maybe steering away from at least early on in drafts because you don't think they can replicate the success they had last season? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, I mean, Josh Morrissey <laughs> definitely kind of came out of nowhere last year. Um, I won't say nowhere. I mean, he was always kind of a good player, but 
Um, you know, certainly like almost a point per game last year. Um, you know, Winnipeg may take a step back. I'm not like in love with necessarily where the team is. It's obviously veteran laden. I think they're they're potentially just a team that may not be as good offensively. So that would be a player I wouldn't be going out of my way necessarily to grab. Um, thinking about some other names here. I mean, Roman Josie, again, like, I mean, he, I almost feel like Josie's actually a good bounce back candidate. I feel like Nashville may be a little bit more offense, uh, offensive minded this year, but I'm not also, I'm also not expecting him to be that good. So um, Josie isn't a player, like if he falls, I would be okay grabbing him, but I wouldn't be, you know, if there's someone out there who, who still considers Roman Josie, like uh, a, a top three um, defenseman, I don't know. I mean, I, I would probably be okay um, just letting someone else grab them. So that's another name. And also Tyson Berry is there now, right, to, to potentially take some production away. And then um, trying to think of any other veterans I, I may be just, you know, kind of out on. But um, th- those are two of the, the top guys that kind of come to mind there. Um, certainly, you know, Carlson, I'm not really sure what, what he's going to end up doing this year again. That was that was kind of a, a real just, you know, um, <laughs> I just I, how, how big he how bigly he bounced back last year is kind of surprising, but certainly in, in age 33, I wouldn't be shocked if he took a step back either. So um, those are some of the the veterans I would kind of be you know, wary of dra- over drafting, I guess. You know, if they fall far enough, absolutely grab them. But um, yeah, I, I, again, trying to, to tend towards these young guys who potentially have a little bit more upside. One of uh, the Oilers' division rivals, although not a very competitive one uh, the past couple of seasons and not looking to be again, the Anaheim Ducks with a pair of restricted free agents, uh, Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale. I think they're going to be on people's fantasy radars, uh, especially Zegers, but without contracts and reports saying that they're not necessarily particularly close on getting new ones, should uh, drafters be wary uh, of these guys, or do you think they'll get something hammered out before the season gets going? I would be pretty surprised if they didn't. I mean... I just feel like neither of those players are really in position to be um, necessarily like, you know, uh, haggling too much. I mean, Zegris is certainly a solid player and, you know, he, he'd have some interest around the league, obviously, but Drysdale coming off the injury. Um, I'd be pretty shocked if he wasn't out there. I think something will get hammered out there. And you mentioned Drysdale, you know, we just talked about defensemen, certainly someone to keep an eye on. I mean, a, a good buy low candidate, obviously dealing with injuries, but he's going to have a ton of opportunities um, Cam Fowler has been around for a bit. He's got limited upside. There's really nobody else on the back end. I, I can't even remember who they're going to be starting in like their bottom six at this point. Um, Drysdale should have tons of opportunity. Again, I would be surprised if him particularly ended up, um, you know, missing time or really missing much time at all. Like even in training camp, Zegers. I mean, I, I don't think you need to take as big of, of, a, of a chance. Like I don't, th- I don't know if he's necessarily worth worth the risk. He's certainly a decent player. Um, but I, I just don't know, again, how much upside there is with Anaheim, particularly this year. Um, certainly has a little bit of center depth behind them now as well. Um, so I, I'm far more bullish on the Drysdale situation. That's the guy I would be willing to take a risk with. Um, Zegers, you can probably find comparable players, in my opinion, who just don't carry any of the same risk and on a better team as well. So, Jeffrey, thanks so much for the insight today. We appreciate it, and hopefully we can get you on again. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Appreciate it. That is Jeffrey Ulrich of Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. Also, DraftKings. Give him a follow on Twitter, at the Fantasy Grind. Uh, Brandon, I don't know if you've unveiled your NHL team 
on the AM airwaves yet, have you? I've mentioned it here and there a couple of times. I thankfully haven't taken too much flack for it yet from the text line, but I'm sure as the season progresses that will they'll come in a little more and more. But yeah, I, I am an Anaheim Ducks fan, have been um, <laughs> for as long as I've been a fan of hockey. I know it has nothing to do with the movies or anything. It's a, it's a bit of a longer story than that. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been a bad time the last couple of years. But I've seen a championship in my lifetime, a couple good playoff runs. I, I really shouldn't complain. Things are or should be on the upswing here. You know, I have a friend, one of my best friends, in fact, is a Ducks fan. And we always used to bug him because we're like, you know, yeah, you saw the Mighty Ducks. Everyone was a Ducks fan for a while. Heck, I had a Mighty Ducks hat, but then you grow out of it. But some people don't and they continue and they've seen a championship and they saw Chris Pronger hoist Lord Stanley and they saw... I won't even get into it, but it involved a pad and maybe some goaltender interference that might have been missed, but we don't need to get into that one. Anyways, let's uh, take a break. When we come back, we've got lots of texts coming in here regarding fantasy football. So we'll, we'll get to those questions and more. Uh, Jeffrey Ulrich was our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. Brandon, you'll be at the Fort Saskatchewan location tomorrow, qualifying two more people for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Uh, when we come back, we'll answer some more of your questions. If you have any fantasy football questions, one 401 1440 is the text line. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Yeah, it is Alberta's best, best beef jerky, Wilhawk. Check them out at one of their three locations in Edmonton, right here in West Edmonton Mall, Spruce Grove, or Leduc, wheelhawkbeefjerky.com. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Wednesday edition of this show. You can always get in on the conversation, one 401 1440 Want to let you know, we do have the lowdown with Low Tide coming up next right here on Sports 1440. That will start at noon. It goes to 2 in that time. Brandon and I will take a walk down to Wilhawk Beef Jerky, maybe buy some barbecue sauce. They have candy there as well, which has almost got me every time we walk by. Uh, then at 2 o'clock today, it is the Jason Greger Show. We've got Buster Holney of ESPN. Also, Tyler Yaremchuk of Daily Faceoff and Oilers Nation. Ian Furness of 93.3 KJR in Seattle will join us. We'll talk a little Kraken, maybe some Seahawks, maybe some Mariners. A lot going on in Seattle. Uh, spec at 5 o'clock. I've got a request out for a former Edmonton Oiler at 520. And from 3 to 4, who is it? I can't tell you who it is. Gregor will give you some hints in the first hour of the show I know who it is. It's a good guest. It's a very good guest. You're going to want to listen 3 o'clock on the Jason Greger Show. Uh, let's get back into the text box because there are a lot of really good questions coming in. We appreciate all of them. Uh, Spruce Grove Steve. I was out there on Monday. Beautiful little town there. Hey, boys, with the Brown signing hunt, which two do I start? Ford, DeAndre Swift, Kyron Williams. I personally lean, I think, Ford and Swift. The Rams, who are they taking on this week? The Bengals on the second of another Monday night uh, doubleheader. I don't like doubleheaders on Monday night football. Just give me one game. But uh, I'm standing by what I said. Ford, Swift. What do you think? Well, the Browns are going up against the Titans, which uh, are always tough, always competitive, a good run defense. Uh, Gavin and Declan uh, elaborated on that a little bit yesterday as well. Um, so like long-term Jerome Ford is, I think, going to be a good option. If you have other ones this week instead of against the Titans, maybe that is the play. Um, the Eagles, they are up against... 
I cannot see. Oh, the Buccaneers also on Monday night. Yeah. You know what? Um, I will say I will agree. DeAndre Swift really like what we saw from him last week, um, but I will I will offer Kyron Williams uh, instead against that Bengals team that is still kind of looking a little bit out of sorts uh, on both sides of the ball. So there you go. Well, and I mean, go will agree with Swift. So there's one answer, and then you got to trust your heart on the second one. Uh, Spaghetti says, "Would you play T Higgins if Burrow is out or Addison against the Chargers?" I think Joe Burrow's going to play. He's going to have the extra day. I mean, the guy's a gamer. Just go back to that hit he took when he was playing his senior year, or was it the junior year at LSU? That has nothing to do with his knee now, but I I just don't think there's any way he's going to miss game time if he can play. But I really like that Jordan Addison matchup against the Chargers. Take it from me. I've watched a lot of Chargers football, and they give up big plays. They have a lot of holes in the secondary. They don't adapt to game plans from the opposing team. Nothing changes at halftime. So I think you go Jordan Addison against the Chargers. But hey, I'm just a really angry Chargers fan. Maybe you see things differently, Brandon. No, I think I think you're right. Whether or not Joe Burrow is playing, I think Addison has the higher upside this week for sure, um, and maybe long term too. But uh, yeah, like I said, the Bengals—they just—they're kind of the bungles right now they, they, yeah, nice um can't quite seem to get it figured out so i i think jordan addison for everything you just said the chargers defense uh if liability issues the fact that addison gets a lot of good matchups because of who's on the other side of him the best receiver in the league uh, i think addison's the play here 100 percent. slurpy sean says hey guys you think Mostert and london for jacobs and lockett is a good trade Good for who? Good for who? I mean, I in my opinion, I, I think consensus, Josh Jacobs, probably the best player in that deal. I mean, we'll see how the season goes. Drake London, tremendous talent, but do we trust him in that Falcons offense? Hard for me to say I do. Raheem Moster, I think that's going to be another one where it's going to kind of vary week to week. I have Lockett starting in one of my leagues, but I don't love it. So I, I think if you get Jacobs and Lockett, you're probably in a better position. I think Jacobs is more likely to bounce back in the run game, but iffy, what do you think? Tyler Lockett is, is just as reliable as it gets. He might, like, there will be weeks where he really pops off. Um, for part of the reasons we just said about Addison, like DK Metcalf gets a lot of attention, um, and, and rightfully so. He's incredibly talented, but Tyler Lockett is like as trustworthy as you can get as a receiver, uh, just uh, Slip Sean following up says he would get Jacobs. So if you're the one getting Jacobs and Lockett for Mostert and London, I think you're coming out ahead on that one. I, I think you're looking good. I, I Drake London, probably the better long-term option, but for the time being, I'll take Tyler Lockett over him on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and I mean, Lockett can randomly just go off for a couple of scores. We've seen it before. Uh, Trucker Joe, this kind of relates right to it. Hey, guys, who would you start, Lockett or Reynolds this week? <laughs> Old reliable with potential upside. Uh, this is a good question. Uh, Tyler Lockett and the Seattle Seahawks play the Panthers. and No J.C. Horn. No J.C. Horn and Josh Reynolds and the Lions play the Falcons. Falcons are a lot friskier than I think a lot of people, myself included, gave them credit heading into the season. They run the ball incredibly well. It doesn't necessarily impact what the Lions are going to be able to do, but... That is an interesting one. I um, you know what? I will uh, I'll say I'll say Tyler Lockett. I said I, I just he's so reliable. Reynolds maybe a little bit more of a feast or famine option, 
on a week-to-week thing, but reliability, the best ability is availability. Entire yeah. Lockett is available on a week-to-week basis, on a down-to-down basis. Yeah, and the, I mean, Atlanta-Detroit, That to me, that gives, in my mind, it's a slug-it-out game. Like, low-scoring, I, I could be totally wrong, but with Atlanta, just the way they've been playing these games, it's going to be competitive, it's going to be uh, clock management and, you know, ball security, a lot of running in that one. So, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I lean Lockett there. But, you know, it could go either way. Howdy, lads. Is Cooper Cup worth trading for, or is he too questionable to return? And when he does return, will he be the old Cup? My name is... I, I don't want to butcher the name. It's Jefe. It's a Jefe? It's gotta be. Jefe? It's <laughs> un Espanol boss. Miami Jefe. Um, yeah, I... I th- Cooper Cup is a risk. I got him too. I don't know what to do because this injury, like he went and saw that specialist in Minnesota. Whenever you go see a specialist in Minnesota, I feel like that's not a good sign. <laughs> like there there has to be something more to it. It's a serious injury. And if he does come back, what's he going to be like? And do the Rams even risk it with uh, young Puka there making all these plays? So I, I, if the return is good, I think you make that trade. I think you float it out there, and if someone can help you immediately win games, then you got to do it because I think there is too many questions with Cooper Cup right now. I'm not, I cannot say I'm confident in him to come back and be the player he was two years ago. Yeah, it's it's going to be on him because we've seen Matt Stafford have a nice return to form, back to being that pinpoint passer that that we saw the year they won the Super Bowl and for so long in Detroit. Uh, so Stafford looks return to form. It's not going to be an issue there. It is. It's. It's how we can't say. We don't know what is what is actually the issue, or if it is something bigger picture than maybe they're letting on to trade for him. I mean, like you said, Connor, it would depend on price for me. Mm-hmm. If you, if somebody's looking to get rid of him because they're tired of watching him waste away on the IR, then you can take advantage of that. Uh, a guy in my league took our advice about the Kyle Pitts situation in Atlanta and basically gave him away this week um, <laughs> for, for some running back help. Yeah. Like, if if that's a similar situation where somebody's just trying to get rid of him and, and you can get him for a good price, then I say it's it's worth a shot. But don't be paying uh, market value for the Cooper Cup that, that we came to see over the past few seasons because then I think you might be left holding the bag. I have Kyle Pitts in a league just on that topic. And last night I went and grabbed Dalton Kincaid from the Bills because I think he's just a great receiving threat. But I'm not making the jump yet this week. I saw a tweet. I'm just pulling it up so I can read it verbatim and make sure I give uh, the proper credit. So Jacob Gibbs on Twitter, who is verified, he has uh, worked for Sportsline CBS Fantasy. Maybe we can look to get him on the show. I will. This is he tweeted this uh, yesterday. I will literally never drop Kyle Pitts. Arthur Smith could become president of the United States and throw Kyle Pitts in jail, and I would continue to slot him in at tight end on all of my dynasty lineups. You will have to pry Kyle Pitts from my cold, dead hands. I mean, that's kind of the way I'm going. I feel like I, I agree with that that statement there. For years, it was David Njoku until I gave up on him, and then uh, that was last year. Then He's, he kind of came back last yeah. year. I'm like, well, what am I doing? Maybe I got to keep riding this Kyle Pitts bandwagon if he gets traded just send him to an offense that can use him like he's he's got to be one of the most skilled players that just doesn't get targeted or utilized he he runs routes and he's open but they can't find him this like he seems like he's almost just used as a decoy option in that offense and he's really (laughs) good at it so maybe this is like a galaxy brain move by arthur smith um who i think is a good coach um 
in fact that like he's playing this is a super long game that he's just going to make everyone think that they're never going to pass to Kyle Pitts what is a season three of it now yeah um and next thing you know he's going to be uh be Travis Kelsey and getting the ball every second target who knows like a game's going to matter and he's going to get 20 targets yeah like we need this win all right it's finally time let's unveil KP package and it just starts going to him. Uh, that's the dream. Hopefully it's not in the playoffs. Dream big. Dream big. <laughs> uh, no name here. Is Hunt too much of a gamble to pick up? Ford will get the majority of the reps with Chubb gone, but do you see Hunt challenging for that number one spot eventually? I think as the season goes on, he's going to get worked more and more into that offense, but I don't think that's going to happen for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see which one going down the road. Uh, Spruce Grove, Steve, also wondering which two receivers to start. DJ Moore, Debo Samuel or Mike Williams? To, to me, this is easy just be based off what we've seen so far this season. And the Bears' offense is in shambles. Um, bar, like, There's no reason to believe in it right now. So I think Debo Samuel, despite the fact he's just one of so many options in San Fran, he had a great week last week going up against a suspect Giants defense here tomorrow night. I like Debo, and I, much like Connor, will basically always be on team Mike Williams. I love what he brings to the table. And if the Chargers um, can also kind of maybe figure a few things out, they don't look quite as lost as the Bears. But yeah, to me, it's open and shut Debo and uh, Mikey Dubs. Yeah, going with the Chicago Bears receiver right now, questionable. I saw this quote on Twitter. Justin Fields acknowledged he's been playing too robotic, then bit the pin off their grenade and rolled it into the building with his explanation of why he believes it's that way. One word, coaching. That's not a good one. That came from Dan Weederer of uh, Chicago Bears Beat Reporter. So blaming the coaching, stay away from the Chicago Bears. Maybe it's a smokescreen. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I don't know if I like going that way. Chris Godwin versus Philly. Calvin Ridley versus Houston. Uh, give me Calvin Ridley versus Houston. Sorry, Brandon, but I, I just like Trevor Lawrence more than I like Baker Mayfield. And the Houston defense sucks. So (laughs) I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there. And Godwin, I mean, uh, Philadelphia, pretty solid defense. So Baker might not have too much time to be throwing it away there. Uh, Garrett asks, are we starting Swift this week or is he too boom or bust? I'm starting him. I'm going for it. I thought he looked great. Uh, Even before he got that late touchdown, the yardage he was putting up was massive. So I'm going for it. I, I don't think he's too boom or bust. I think Philly likes to run the ball. I don't know if they'll give it a little bit more to some of their other players, but I'm going with it. What do you think? Uh, DeAndre Swift after last week must start. I'm in. I'm in on him all the way, 100%. Um, We're just about to wrap up, but this one's for you, Brandon. Hockey question. I have four keepers. I'm keeping McDavid and Bouchard for that power play connection. I'm in a full category league with hits, blocks, shots, penalty minutes, no faceoff or plus minus. I'm debating my final two. Aho, McAvoy, Tavares, Latang, Tom Wilson. Who are you looking at there? Tom Wilson is is one of the most enticing fantasy players out there because of the fact he can score 30 goals. He hits everything that moves. The Capitals are still going to be trying to remain competitive because of what they've promised Alex Ovechkin as he chases down the goal record. Uh, Tom Wilson there, I think, is a good one. Um, after that, it's it's really hard to pass up on Chucky McAvoy. He, he he could be the best all-around defenseman in the NHL. If not, he's certainly in the top handful. Uh, and I love Sebastian Ajo. I do. I think he's right in the kind of precipice of a superstar NHL player versus just a really, really good one. Um, like I said, in all cats, though, all categories, I think I'm going McAvoy. It's really hard to get top-end defensemen. Uh, and he fills, he hits, he plays on the penalty kill, he plays on the power play. 
Um, and with no faceoffs, the fact of Aho being a center um, kind of loses a little bit of shine there too. So I, uh, my picks here would be McAvoy and Tom Wilson. That comes in from Ranger Seamus. I'm adding you into the system, my friend. Yeah, those, that's a good t- little team you built up there. Uh, fun story about Charlie McAvoy. I watched uh, playoff hockey with his family in Maui one year. We were there watching the Oilers. They were wearing Bruins jerseys, struck up a conversation. Yeah, that's my nephew, Charlie McAvoy. Very cool. Okay, big thank you to Jeffrey Ulrich for hopping on the program today, talking fantasy sports. Uh, we will be back tomorrow on the program. We'll have Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff talk a little more hockey. We'll also get you set for the Thursday nighter. And then on Friday, uh, just confirming with our executive producer, Brad Slater, Adam Levitan will join us from Establish the Run. So that's going to be an awesome show on Friday. Big thank you to the Canadian Brew Host as well as Will Hawk of Beef Jerky. Brandon, great work today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 11 o'clock. Hopefully you'll join us. Up next it is Low Tide. And then at 2 o'clock, the Jason Greger Show. Let's get to an update brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, wilhockbeefjerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.